0: Today's show brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And now six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the Labor Day weekend right now. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, Ford, Lincoln, Kia. Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. Fabulous sales staff, great service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Joining McDonald in a moment, but first, our play-by-play calls of the day. Coming to the ball. Series on the line. Adanobi got it off, and it goes! Did it count is the question! OG Anobi buries a triple... At the buzzer, let's see Wheeling if he got floor, it. Successful up. field goal. Kyle Lowry over the top. Gasol just screened in enough. That ball's gone. It's I clean. think it's that's a game in and a great winner. Great shot by O.G. Ananobi, but an incredible pass by Kyle Lowry. Indeed, man. O.G. Ananobi was just playing in the Jordan Center a couple of years ago for Indiana. As a matter of fact. Uh, when I talk to my class, and, yes, I have to teach on Monday on Labor Day, uh, when I talk to my class and I get to the example of talk shows, one of the individuals I cite as to, hey, you should listen to how this guy does talk shows. He knows it better than anybody. It's Jody McDonald, who uh, is going to join us to talk about uh, the great Tom Seaver. Jody Mac, great to have you with us. Always great appreciation for your work, and great to have you back with us.
2: Appreciate hopping on board, and I appreciate the compliment. You mean I haven't forgotten how to do it over 32 years?
0: Yeah, I think you got it down pretty good by now, pal. (laughs) (laughs) You uh, you have yourself in a different spot than everybody else in life because your dad, Joe McDonald, was with the Mets. So for you, what was it like growing up around a Mets team that had Tom Seaver?
2: Well, he was my favorite player. Everybody has, when they're of that age, and I say that age, I'm talking... Six or seven through 14 or 18. Some guys stay diehard fans when they get to high school, uh, they get into other things. But when you're a grade school kid, between second grade and eighth grade, that's when you find the people that you latch on to. These are the guys that you're going to look up to forever. And with me, Tom Siever was at the top of the list because he was the best player on the team that I cared most about as if I had a choice, since my father was working for them. Uh, But it wasn't a hard choice. I was a uh, diehard Mets fan growing up. He was the franchise, and he was my favorite player. And it wasn't really easy when your father has to be the guy who's got to pull the trigger on trading the franchise player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But also being in the spot, it's a little bit different for the youngster that sits at home or sits up in Section 22 watching Tom they're their favorite player. You as a youngster would have contact with somebody like that So they can ruin your image if it's the wrong way It sounds like being around him enhanced your image of him
2: not really. Um, I went in into clubhouse. I knew all the players uh, just to say hi, but I didn't really know any of them individually, including Tom Keefe. I got one yeah. really cool picture of me and Willie Mays that my father wanted to take <laughs> when Willie joined the Mets in 1973 that is a, uh, a collectible that I, I have kept over all of these years. Uh, but I told this story last night, uh, both of the last two nights when I was on the air, about Tom Sieber. Um, when I was just 14 and I was getting ready to uh, move on to high school and play basketball and baseball at a higher level, uh, a couple of my buds wanted to start weightlifting. None of us had ever weightlifted, We were 13, 14 years old. <laughs> and I mentioned it to my father, and he said, don't do anything till I tell you, okay? He brings home a set of instructions as to how to lift weights, as put together by Tom Seaver. Because my father always appreciated Tom and the fact that he did lift weights, but only 10-pound dumbbells. No power lifting, no bench pressing, nothing like that. And it was working damn good for Tom Seaver to make him one of the best pitchers in baseball. My father said, I suggest you use Tom Seaver's way of lifting weights. And I began immediately thereafter, and I still have the feet of instructions as to how to use that 10-pound dumbbell. So uh, that tells you the kind of uh, pedestal that I put Tom Seaver on because he was as good as he was. He was a New York Met. He was the guy who was willing to share his weightlifting procedures with a 14-year-old kid of the general manager of the team. Uh, So, yes, it was a a tough day uh, when we found out the other day that Tom had passed, but his last several years have uh, been difficult on him, and uh, it was was time for him to take the uh, big mound in the sky.
0: Yeah, no, with dementia, that's tough. I know uh, I lost my father to dementia along the way, so I understand exactly how. How they would feel about that? Um, you mentioned the trade to Cincinnati. Uh, New York can be a very hard town, uh, media-wise, especially with competing newspapers. And Dick Young would have the ability to had the ability to be very tough on certain individuals. How tough was Dick Young on Tom Seaver, also on Nancy Seaver? And did it play any role at all in the Mets finally trying to making a move?
2: Oh, it absolutely did. Um, Yes, Dick Young took the side of the Mets in that they wanted to keep Tom Seaver's contracts negotiations private, as 99.9% of sports contracts were at that time. Uh, Some of your younger listeners won't understand that because they've only been following sports for 20 years, and all contracts are negotiated through the media these days. That was not the case in 1977, and the Mets took major uh, umbrage with the fact that Tom was attempting to negotiate and leaking uh, info out to other writers in New York who have long since been forgotten, but... Dick Young took the stance of questioning the franchise, and that did not go over well. And that's why it's been remembered as long as it has, and it certainly was not uh, forgotten by the Met ownership, who told my father a week before the trade deadline. Get the best trade that you can for Tom Sieber, but we can't continue to have this. Our business being done in the media here in town. Uh, Tom wants to be traded. He said he wanted to be traded. We are going to accommodate him. Joe, please make the best deal that you can, but we want Tom Sieber off the team by the trade deadline, and that's just what my father did.
0: Would that have been Donald Grant?
2: And Donald Grant was the president of the team. Yeah. He was the right-hand okay. man of Linda yeah. Role, who was Joan Payson's daughter. Um, yep. okay. Joan Payson was the owner of the team in 69 when right. they won their World Series. She passed and passed the team on to her daughter, and Donald Grant was the right-hand man of Linda DeRolle. Uh So those were the people that my father was meeting with right up until the trade deadline, and they had him call Tom Siever hours before the trade deadline and say, Tom, would you still prefer to be traded? And when he said yes, they told my father, pull the trigger on the deal. And uh, although he was in a meeting with the board of directors, he was excused when they took their vote as to whether they were going to actually do this or not, because they knew that he was not necessarily for it, and they wanted to get it done. So when he was called back into the room, they told him, it is a go. Please get the best that you can for Tom Seeker.
0: In the in the next couple of weeks afterward, just on a personal basis, how tough was it for your father to deal Tom Seaver, just on a personal basis?
2: They were pretty good friends. Um, uh, people are rekindling this tale again now, how he became a Met. He was drafted by the Atlanta Braves, and right. it was, a, again, times they are changing. Uh, it was a January draft. They now only have one draft per year. Back then they had two. And if you drafted a player in the January draft, you had up until his next season started, until he played a game in his next season, to sign him. Well, Tom Sieber played a game for USC. Uh, the Atlanta Braves said that it was only an exhibition game. Um, They judged that it was an actual regular season game. They were making up the fact that it was an exhibition game after the fact, and he signed a contract with the Braves after playing that contract, after playing that game. So uh, they deemed the contract unacceptable. So they did something that they had never done before. They had a lottery. for Any team that wanted to enter and honor the contract and the numbers therein that the Braves had given Seaver could put their name in for a drawing to get his rights. Only three teams did, the Phillies, the Indians, and the Mets. And my father was the one who had to sell the general manager, George Weiss. Uh, he was the GM at the time before my father right. became general manager. And this is an investment worth making to uh, get in bidding. And they might not have even got it. They had a one-in-three shots. Sure enough, their name got pulled out. They signed Seaver. And as they say, the rest is history.
0: Right, this uh, this will be one of that era to this era. But Tom Seaver would go out and take the ball, and he expected to throw a complete game. Now, it didn't always, but he expected to the night he got the ball. Juan Marichal was like that. Steve Carlton was like that. We can go through a long list of guys. Bob Gibson was like that all the yep. way through. What is it in – and they didn't experience arm trouble. Who experienced arm trouble? At least we didn't know about it. What is it about then where starters thought about complete games like Tom Seaver, didn't experience arm trouble, where today you've got four or five guys, four or five inning guys, openers, and they experience arm trouble? What's happened?
2: Maybe over training. Um, that they work some of these kids too hard at an early age that they're uh, pitching on travel teams and pay uh, Ruth League teams and high school. though high school is becoming less and less important with every passing year. It's all about getting to showcases and being able to catch a scout's eye. I think they've pushed the pitchers too much from too young an age. And they're paying the price at it when they get into their 20s and when they get to a high minor league level or a major league level. And uh, the established protocol now is to cut them back rather than build them up i'm not sure that it's working there are more injuries i understand when you put hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars into draftees signing bonuses and the like you want to be uber protective of them but sometimes you end up just hurting them by not using them enough it's a different strategy i don't know if we forever going back to the old strategy of where more is better right now less is better but uh, I think the injuries that you're talking about kind of make the case for maybe there's uh, a reason for rethinking the way pitchers are handled these days.
0: To you, what is the legacy of Tom Seaver?
2: Agreed. Uh, he he was just a stone-cold gamer who wanted to pitch every inning of every game that he started. Uh, he never wanted to come off the mound and uh, it's unfortunate that the game has changed. It's added a little bit more strategy, so as we as a fan get yeah. a little bit more fun, uh, double guess, second-guessing what a manager does, but uh, the days of the dominant starting pitcher going nine just don't exist anymore.
0: They don't. Uh, and as a lifelong Mets fan, he was always known as the franchise. He'll always be known as the franchise. So in New York Mets lore... Uh, he'll be somebody that won't be forgotten. What are some elements that should never be forgotten about Tom Seaver?
2: Well, you touched on one, the fact that he wanted to finish every single game. Um, I think, hey, again, if you're looking for a reason, look back and say, well, no, maybe older was better. Tom Seaver was a drop-and-drive pitcher. He got most of his capacity to get the ball up there in the 90s to the plate, because of his lower half and his ability to just throw himself at the plate. Uh, The other night when the Mets and Yankees played, all the players
3: specifically
2: put dirt on their right knee because that's the way Tom Seaver used to pitch. He used to just uh, hurl himself at home plate. Now in Major League Baseball, Everybody wants pitchers who are six foot five, six foot six, and work with downward plane. That the angle from coming so far above is that much more important. I think they've shied away from letting pitchers use their lower half and having the leg strength to be able to get the ball up there at the miles per hour needed. Such as so something else that I think Tom Seaver fans should always be proud of and hope that someday it returns to be an important part of the game. Uh, And although uh, the franchise was uh, one of the nicknames, Tom uh, was certainly known for. For me, uh, Tom Terrific will be his number one nickname of all time. Even though Tom Brady might be the greatest quarterback of all time, (laughs) that's uh, his GOAT status. He can lay claim to that. I'm not sure Tom Siever is the greatest pitcher of all time but right. he was Tom Terrific first before Brady ever showed up in New England so I'm sorry that nickname is taken Mr Brady
0: exactly and by the way I've referenced leg drive to the plate so often I've talked about Nolan Ryan who also came out of the met system as well so I've said the you know, same thing you know the, yeah. Nolan Ryan's key right. was his lower body it was not his upper body which was terrific to begin with by the way he drove to the plate well you know what after 32 years, you're still a darn good talk show host, and you know what? We found out you're a heck of a guest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, can, so, I can BS with the best of them no, no matter what role I'm playing.
0: Yes, yes, and, BS and uh, it's, it's
2: uh, not as hard as uh, some people think, but it is hard when you lose someone that you uh, specifically yeah, grew up rooting for and was your favorite player. Um, anybody who wanted to get me on this week to talk about Tom Seaver, it was my pleasure. So it's my pleasure being on with you this afternoon.
0: Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you.
2: Oh, by, by the way, whoever you yes, already gave you as the uh, Kentucky yeah. Derby winner, yeah. don't listen to him. Enforceable is going to win the Kentucky Derby.
0: Enfor- you know what? Because I've had you on before talking about horse racing. Jody knows, his, knows the ponies. Okay. Dick was going through boxing, uh, like what he was going to box, and there were a couple of long shots in there.
2: Tis the law is probably going to win, and we're all going to regret it if we try and beat him. But I would say enforceable is the long shot with the best shot to uh, run in the exact with him if uh, your (laughs) listeners are thinking about playing a derby tomorrow.
0: (laughs) I love it. I'm glad he slipped it in. Great job, Jody. Thank you so much, my friend. You
2: got it. My pleasure. Appreciate
0: it. Jody McDonald, Jody Mack joining us on the show. All right. Uh, coming up, King final half hour. Which means the King has to remember he's doing the segment. Matt has to remember he's doing the segment. I just have to fill the time regardless of who's there. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio ten seventy WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Brewer's Outlet. Brewers out Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Uh, cutdown weekend in the NFL. We know about Adrian Peterson with Washington and also how, uh, Clinton Dix with the Cowboys. Three former Nittany Lions have been on the uh, cutdown list today. Anthony Zettel released by the Minnesota Vikings, Trevor Williams by the Philadelphia Eagles, and Steven Gonzalez by the Arizona Cardinals were all uh, hit on cutdown day in the NFL. Not everybody has announced their cuts just yet. Um, I remember talking to the suit about this one time. He, t- he told me he wanted to be an NFL general manager because he thought this would be his favorite day. I'm like, I was like, really?
1: <laughs> this- That's messed up.
0: I think that describes everything I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I never liked this day, and especially this year because there's not, not a whole on... lot that they could do that the players can do about it they didn't have games I think being, to I think, prove themselves I think,
0: I think being a free agent in this particular year and a, a free agent in the NFL your odds of making the roster as a free agent are really long oh
1: it's awful it,
0: you don't have an opportunity to prove it in a game that's really hard uh, Game 7 uh, Stanley Cup Colorado leads Dallas 2-1 in the first period And the uh, Braves have jumped out to a 1-0 lead in the bottom of the first
1: against the Nationals. Then, of course, there was this. Kevin Hayes weaves his way into the left circle. Forced behind the net. A centering pass coming in late. Here's the shot. They score! Ivan
0: Provero bends it! There will be a Game 7 on Saturday.
1: Sorry, I had to get that in there. (laughs)
0: It's opposite the Kentucky Derby. Two minutes, I'll miss for two minutes of the game.
1: No, actually, we're good. You can watch the Kentucky Derby. Get ready for puck drop at 7.30.
0: I got Memphis, Arkansas State.
1: But actually, here's my dilemma. I have a wedding tomorrow night. So I'm going to be real. I'm hoping that uh, maybe Luke.
0: Is it somebody? Is anybody you like?
1: (laughs) It's Lisa's cousin. Well, actually, I do like.
0: I'll just go for the ceremony, then slip out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Luke's a little fussy. We gotta go.
1: That, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to bank on.
0: Be the one night where the kid's in the best mood ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably. What do you
0: mean? What do you mean he's fussy? <laughs> Look how happy he is. No, I want to go. <laughs> Uh, I can tell where he's headed. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is uh, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Stock up for the Labor Day weekend right now at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai Gray pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Matt, you may introduce our next guest.
1: Well, our Yankees stink right now. The King is back with us.
3: Not very good. Well, but not as bad as the Red Sox. So.
0: Oh, the Red Sox to their credit, there are two words that come to mind when you watch Red Sox baseball. Horror show. Hey oh my Hey, there are there are movies coming out for Halloween that aren't this.
3: <laughs> They're already talking about Cora coming back. You know. Oh, oh they were boy. talking
0: about it. they were talking about that when they let when they let him go. So
3: Yeah, I know. Well, I think he's gonna be back next year. They're blaming everything on the manager here and I just
0: whatever. Well, they yeah. Well, pitching wise, they gave the poor guy nothing to work with. I mean, no. when you're going when you're going out and you're scouting the MTA as it rides in from Newton and saying that guy looks like he can pitch, that's not the way to do it.
3: Well, they made a lot of mistakes. They brought Price in, they brought yep. Sales in, and I know Price pitched a, a good game in the World Series, but outside of that, he didn't do anything for him. Sales has been a total disaster. You know, a great pitcher, but he's always hurt. So yeah. They dumped all their money into that, so they yes, got they nothing did. right now. But Damn, it's fun that's... listening to their games and Joe Castiglione. He gets so like down. Ah, there's another home run for the other team. <laughs> I
0: love it. Oh, I'm not going to say who the announcer was. But I was at a game where Mark McGuire hit his fifty second home run yeah. the year he hit seventy. So I'm at the game. Now it turned out great because the home team won sixteen to four. Right. So buddy of mine and I are driving back from the game. So no, we got everything we were we we're hoping for. Home team won, but Maguire hit his fifty second, and he just missed hitting his fifty third. Right. And so we're listening to the highlights on the way home. And the stadium went insane when Maguire hit his fifty second. There's a drive, deep right center field, and gone. <laughs> like, excuse me, we're in the middle of history here. Get a little pumped up. It's all right. You know, it's a long way to go in the game. You may still win, and they did.
3: That's because you'll always know if the Red Sox are winning or losing, just by the tone of his voice. He's, if they're losing, he is, like, despondent. So... Whatever. Well, he's still a good announcer. I enjoy you know, listening to him.
0: Good announcer. Joe does a great job, and also at the end of the month, he gets direct deposit. All right. So, gets direct deposit. <laughs> what do you <laughs> still mean? Gets, still gets. Still gets. paid. <laughs>
1: oh
3: yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they pay him well. But I don't mind baseball on the radio. I love oh, the Yankees really on the radio. I, I love Sterling. So. Every the rest of the country hates Sterling, but I love his little. Uh, uh, I
0: actually, rhymes. I met you know, believe it or not, I met Sterling. Really? Uh, yeah, when he was doing uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Hawks not a long played, time ago. The Atlanta Hawks played an exhibition game in the Jordan Center, and John did the game. Wow. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah, people don't realize he did Atlanta Braves games. He was from Atlanta, you know.
0: The. When He's I got did
3: a good the, gig with Susan Waldman. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely. find her hard to take, but yeah. she's all right. So.
0: With the, I did the the pinstripe pole, and they said, "Hey, let yeah. me give you a uh, John Sterling seat." And I said, oh, "Is you it turned to the seat?" And they said, "Is it?" I said, "Is it pointed toward the field?" They said, "Yeah." I said, "Good enough."
1: <laughs> wow, that's cool. Oh, that's great. something else right there. Yeah. Oh.
0: Oh, I remember when you I did have take taken it in. or
3: something or taken it. You get that's when you got me grass from Yankee Stadium.
0: I did, I yeah. did. I also got him grass on the Rose Bowl once. Yeah, my
3: It's <laughs> complete. <laughs> <laughs> never been to look, any of them, but I, I <laughs> said I've got dirt I, from them.
0: <laughs> the, the Rose, the Rose Bowl was the '95 Rose Bowl. Right. just what took complaint a little. Bit, like, do I have? Uh, <laughs> right. And then after the pinstripe ball, we were waiting for the team to come out forever and the center field area was open. So I said to Jack I said, hey, just give me a second. I'll be back in one second. So I walk out center field, took a couple couple of blades, took it and mailed it to you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. That's as close as I'm getting to it. So they're <laughs> they're thinking maybe the Big Ten's gonna play in uh, November? Maybe with the pack ten?
0: Maybe. We're we're all just kind of playing the waiting game right now. I just know that on September 4th, when I would be thinking about the opening game tomorrow, I'm thinking about cutting my lawn.
3: (laughs) What are they saying about uh, basketball?
0: We'll find out September 16th, but they're looking at November 25th as the first game.
3: It's so hard to say. I don't know.
0: Well, I'm just telling you what the, I'm telling you what they. Yeah, we, no, I know. We, we've been it's told.
3: like, it's not like it's going to get any better, you know. It's going
0: to oh, stay the funny.
3: same. I, that's why I don't know why they <laughs> put all these dates way off. They either play or don't.
0: I had a guy. I had a, <coughs> it's not going change
3: a, between now and then until they get right. a, uh, what do you call it?
0: Vaccine, uh,
3: yeah. Vaccine. So,
0: yeah.
3: how's it going to be right. any better then than it is now? Right. UConn, right. I mean, I, my God, it, it, now, our town had no, nothing, no virus in it at all. We had ten people tested positive in four months. The students show up and it's a freak show. So yeah. they've had a hundred and ten so far.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. obviously there's there's more there's more here too. I mean, but you know what? Uh, I think they know how to handle it better. I think they do,
3: but they don't. I, I don't know what they did at Penn State, but at UConn, they tested every student when they got there.
0: Yeah, and they I'm going to tell did, you right now, did.
3: that doesn't do a thing. That's just a waste of freaking time. When my stepdaughter, she's a respiratory therapist, they for the nurses, they came in contact with somebody with COVID that they thought was having a different issue. They had to wait two days to take the test then they took the test, and they had to wait two more days to take the test again, and that shows right. that you don't have it. Right. So to well, bring all yeah. these kids in and test them, they well, could have yeah. had it on a Friday, they took the test Saturday, but they really wouldn't have showed positive until Sunday or Monday, because how yeah. all these kids were tested at UConn, and now they've got 110 positives after they were tested. Because uh, you you got to test them twice,
0: you know. Well, and that's why that's why the saliva test is so important. Uh, Because the saliva test that they're talking about uh, is you you take the test. uh, It's five dollars, all right. So it's not expensive. Yep. And you get the result in fifteen minutes, and you can do. I mean, so there's a lot to it. All right, we got trivia. We got to get to. Little Labor Day trivia because next week we're actually picking games. Back with more in a moment, brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Patronage. All right. Time now for trivia. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. All right, here we go. I will go first. Alex Dickerson of the San Francisco Giants tied a major league record this week with five extra base hits three of which were home runs where did Alex Dickerson begin his professional career
3: I'm going to say State College Pennsylvania
0: exactly right he was a state college spike baby he was a state college spike why would you even bother
3: asking that because I
0: wanted to get out the fact that it was a state college spike that's why (laughs) Ah, there you go you
1: know
0: you gotta promote your club man gotta promote your club that's right
1: especially now all right, so actually Kevin, this more is a question for you but obviously Steve too. This is from Rob. He mailed this in earlier this week. He says he loves when you're on Friday with the trivia. So, what Big Brother house guest had a major accomplishment in professional sports?
3: What Big Brother house
1: guest? Yes, had a major accomplishment in professional sports.
3: Um Well, they had Big Brother uh, Celebrity, and uh, what's-his-name from the Dolphins was on it. And uh, uh, what's-his-name, World Peace?
0: Oh, Oh, Metta World World Peace. Metta World Peace.
3: Yeah. Um, Maybe he's thinking Cody... um, Califor is a high-level soccer player. Um, Then there's Mr. Pex is a professional wrestler. Um, (laughs) This is really sad. I know all these guys. I'm trying to think of who.
1: None are correct so far from what I've got here from him.
3: That's not correct? No. Um ricky williams he was on it um could be a girl too i don't know i just named all the ones that
1: you're right it is a girl it's christmas abbott who was the first female pit crew member in nascar
3: that is absolutely true and she's on the show right now yep
1: there you go. Rob. That is Rob. a
3: great trivia question. Absent, <laughs> she just won't had a household. So, <laughs> she's built like a rock. She's like five foot three. She's got eight pack abs. Oh, so, yep. All right, you're a good up, question. Kate. I should have yeah, I wasn't close to getting it right, but um, she's a tremendous athlete. Tiny little thing. Good question. Oh, right, my turn. Yep. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, when did Steve Nash get playing his first All-Star game?
0: What year? When? What year? Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. He played against Penn State in 1995. So I'll say
1: 1997. Eh, Matt? Let's say uh one in Philadelphia where Allen Iverson was the MVP. What year? 01, 2001.
3: Ding, 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 ding. ding.
1: Oh, there we go. Woo-hoo. There we go. 2001.
3: Good job, right. Matt. I'm still so locked in take... on the Big Brother question. So, so
0: let's, let's take it one step further. Which point guard outplayed Steve Nash dramatically when Penn State beat Santa Clara?
3: Uh,
1: I have no idea. Yeah, I got nothing.
0: Yeah. The current head coach at VMI, Danny Earl.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Earl wow. Earl, had, Earl had 19 points. I remember points. him, yeah. Earl had 19 points, 8 assists, and Nash had 10 points, 2 assists, and Penn State actually won the game with relative ease. Wow. In fact, Penn State won the tournament. Stefan Marbury was in that tournament, too, for Georgia Tech. Penn State won, won the tournament, the Cable Car Classic.
1: Alright. Cool. Okay, so now I'm continuing my halftime show questions of you of Super Bowls. So, who was the halftime show for Super Bowl 53?
3: Katy Perry. Eh
1: that was 49.
3: Oh. That was my favorite. (laughs) I love Katy Perry. Holy crap. (laughs) She had a baby.
1: Did she really?
3: Yes, I she's yeah, I had a baby.
1: Okay. No. Anyway, Steve. Petula Clark. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Petula Clark. So
3: 53. Uh, oh, br-
1: br- Bruno. No, that was that was uh 49 or 48, rather. That was 48. He
3: was on a couple times though,
1: wasn't he? And then he he was with. It was Super Bowl 50 was weird because that was Coldplay. Then it was Saved by uh, Bruno and Beyonce. But Maroon 5 was Super Bowl 53.
0: You know, give me credit. I, I'm It's sandwich time. I'm
1: uh, Lady Gaga? No, uh, she was 51. Man, how
3: come I know all these different names and I never got the right one? <laughs> <laughs> because I watch them all.
0: All right, anyway. Ahead, I don't Kevin. watch I don't watch any of them.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm out of the crazy. room. got to watch. Them. You never know what you're going to see, Chandler Jackson, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was there. that was 38.
3: <laughs> what was 38?
1: That was Super Bowl 38 halftime.
3: Oh, that. Oh, I got it. <laughs>
1: uh, oh hey. well. What what was the answer? The answer was maroon 5. Huh? Maroon 5. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. Room five was um what's his name, the lead singer? Adam
1: Adam um, Levine. Huh? Adam Levine.
3: Yes. From the voice, yeah. That was pretty good. Uh. Um oh, I can Shane Victorino. Mm-hmm. What was his nickname?
1: Flying Hawaiian.
0: Flying Hawaiian. Wow. <laughs> the Flying <laughs> That's Hawaiian. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> yep, Flying Hawaiian. How'd
1: you know that? I watched because I watched him in his screen at wilkes Red Baron days. I watched him, Howard, and Utley grow up.
3: Wow. That is sharp, man. That's good. Good stuff.
0: Last time the U.S. Open, Golf Open, was held at Wingfoot. Who was the champion?
1: Tiger.
3: Phil.
0: Phil finished second.
3: I knew it.
1: Jeff,
0: Jeff Ogilvy
1: huh. Wow. All right, my final question before we have to pick the opening NFL game. In 1983, what two NBA teams set the record for the highest-scoring regular-season game with a final score of 186 to 184?
0: Uh, Denver and Detroit.
1: Gev. Um, the Knicks and Houston. Denver, Detroit is correct.
0: The the reason I you know it's very easy for me to know okay the reason I knew right away Dick Carter had been the head coach at Penn State he then left and he took the assistant coaching job with the Detroit Pistons I'm working and that game of course is played and this is back in the day of fax machines Dick faxes the box score to me with a note hey Steve look they made me the offensive coordinator <laughs> that's why that's why I know the answer Wow. (laughs) All right, let's pick a game. Well, I have a lot, like, a lot of my stuff is with, like, life, with practical lifelong experience. I mean, nobody else really has that story about having the guy faction the box score. All
3: right. But we wouldn't even know if it it was correct.
0: Well, he he has the answer. (laughs) I didn't ask the question. I answered
3: it. I know. I'm we have uh, music trivia here, and okay. someone will be singing, and uh, it'll be, you know, Juice Newton or somebody. I'll say, oh, no, well, that's Lady Gaga. Oh, really?
0: Great.
3: I know a game. what I'm talking about. I have no idea.
0: That's so. the whole key to this show. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we have to pick a game. Texans in the opener against Kansas City.
1: I'm going Chiefs. Um, I home game obviously I, I know they're not gonna have the fans but I just I just don't think they're a better team. They're going to be a very good team again this year. I'm taking Kansas City. I got the Chiefs.
0: Oh I'm going with Kansas City as well, although I think it's gonna be a heck of a game. I think taking the fans out of the mix changes the dynamics.
3: Absolutely, man. Matt, we're talking about that before. That it's gonna be hard to see. Interesting to see what players don't play well because they don't have fans around them. So, a lot of players are driven
1: by it.
0: Well, we're back. What on Tuesday, Matt? Correct. So everybody have a safe, wonderful, uh, social distance holiday weekend.
1: You too. Stay safe. You're the same, boys.
0: All right. All right. Everybody, take care out there. Be good. Today's show has been brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. And thanks for joining us from the Sunbury Motors Studio on News Radio 1070, WKOK.